welcome to this week's edition of Hitting the Headlines with me, the headline maker, Kirk Cooper. Now, on this week's show, I'm pleased to announce that we are going to have with us the boss, the man that runs the Scottish Wrestling Network, your man Billy. He's going to be coming on to join us for the chat, although doesn't look like he's in the, the room just yet. Uh, and he's going to be joining the Huntsman Eli Fox and Diamond Craig DL as they settled their beef from last week as well. It's been a massive week uh, of lots of stuff happening in the wrestling world, which if you're listening to this and watching this, I'm sure you've, you've pretty much got an idea of what we're going to be talking about tonight. But we will get on with the show. So I'm just going to bring the two lads in here. As I say, last week at the, the end of last week's podcast, uh, both uh, the Huntsman Eli Fox and Diamond Craig DL, uh, they were having a wee bit of a beef over the result of uh, last week's quiz. But I'm pleased to see that both of them have come back this week and are joining me. Fellas, what a week it's been. How are these? You know what, mate? See, see the last seven days, I've just been replaying it over and over and over. Not only in my mind, on your Facebook feed, and I just keep watching the podcast, Hi. and I just think to myself, it's just uh, it's just an overwhelming, compelling case for VAR in the quiz world. You know, it was it was it was shameful, shameful. I I I'm actually I'm good I'm good, Kirk. Thanks for having me on. Uh, no, I completely agree with Craig. It is it's definitely VAR decision because it will show that I won regardless of what way you look at it in any of the four dimensions, the fifth one being these packs and guns right here. Now, Craig, I know you feel like a runner-up, but trust me, you don't come across as a man that runs. With that being said, I'm good to be here this evening. I'm feeling feeling lucky this evening. So I am. Good stuff. Well, guys, I'm glad that you are on board for uh, the podcast this week. We've got a lot to unwrap. And when it comes to settling the quiz, we'll get to that at the very end because there's no point and there's, you know, shooting a load early on here. You know, we'll build up to it. It's what, we'll it's what, people, it's what people want to see, isn't it? It's a long-term it's a long term booking, this thing. So it is, what people it want. is as well. Now, I was hoping that uh, Billy from the Scottish Wrestling Network, who also hosts the podcast, I was hoping that he would be on by now. But I've been waiting about five, ten minutes for him. So we'll just get cracking on uh, and start off by hitting the week's headlines. Now, Craig, I know that you're not as much of a, a watcher of uh, current wrestling at the moment, but there's no way, as a wrestling fan, that you will have been able to avoid what this first headline is about. And that headline is, No Pyro, No Party. With that ending to the exploding barbed wire death match at Revolution at the weekend, proving to be the bang not heard around the world, what can All Elite Wrestling do to recover from the most embarrassing moment in the company's history so far? I mean, it, it was bad, wasn't it? It was. It really, 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 like, 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 let's just let's just get that out right away. Like, it was bad, man. Like, I know you're saying I'm not much of a watcher. It's, obviously, I've got three kids, so like, I try my best to fit it in, in and around playing Royal Rumbles with them. Um, but I did actually watch the match. And I thought it, I thought it was class. I really thought it was class. Everything they did was spot on. And then they got to that ending, and then when your man Kingston runs in and starts, you know, covering them as if as if it's going to be World War Three, you know, as if it's a nuclear bomb that's there, and then the sparklers. I've seen bigger explosions on fireworks night. But there's bigger explosions up the shankle on uh, <laughs> Sunday night, celebrating Rangers winning the league, than uh, what happened at the Elite's place on Sunday night. And now I know, Eli, I know that you're not the, the, the biggest All Elite wrestling fan, but, you know, you were kind of tweeting along with me uh, as the show was going on. 
Uh, what, what were your thoughts on just the the the, the build up and then the the visual that viewers were left with at the end there? Very hit and miss throughout the night. Some part I did, as I said, I followed along with yourself on Twitter. Some parts were oh class, and I'm not a fan of AEW. I will say I don't think they should be even put in the same category as any of the W's programming. But see when you get to the end. As Craig said, what a visual. Kingston, who he's, he's loved Moxley, he's hated him, he's legging it to the ring. I was legitimately expecting, I'm not saying blow the entire place up, but could you not have collapsed the ring? Yeah. Could you not have all the boards on the outside, do Kane's pyro, or just put it at the heart camera wall and blur, blur our vision. And then when it comes back, have EMTs run to, you cut it on so much. And then Tony came on Twitter and said, oh, what do you want us to do? Uh, blow up the arena. Well, you had an empty arena. It was the best time to blow it up. You know what I mean? There's minimal, I know there's no crowd, but it's just, it, it just got to hear with the match and then next minute, oh, just, it, it was disheartening. It wasn't annoying. It was just, I feel bad for them <laughs> because they're I trying think, to make even, even when you Even when you get Kingston and he's running in the ring, it was what, 27 seconds that he was in the ring and he's begging for help and he's covering uh, Moxley. Why not, why, not just, why not just have him going around the turnbuckles, doing something, trying to yeah. trying to disconnect it, a bit of clippers, and then you know that makes up for the lack of it. And then, like you said, there's still a bit of an explosion. The ring collapses. The, the, you get that visual from the hard cam. You know, even loads of smoke. <laughs> I get that. Have they the camera shake like that, that. Have the camera shake back and forth. And then, well, if they could do it, with the, if they could do it with the Blair Witch Project, they could have done it with that. <laughs> they can't use the excuse of the couldn't have done it because they'd done a fantastic cinematic match before it. So they had yeah. the production to do something cool. Like it, it just looked crap, Chris. Care, yeah, care. it just looked it absolutely did. crap. It did, and the way that uh, you know Tony Khan and John Moxley and Kenny Omega and the aftermath of it, the way that they came out and and covered for it, do you think that? You know, doing that kind of damage limitation where it's like, oh, uh, you know, Kenny Omega is not a bomb expert, and and Moxley, you know, ripping them for that. Do you think that that was the right way to go about in the immediate aftermath of it, or do you think they should have just, you know, owned up to it and say we fucked up? Should have just owned it, just own the mistake, just go. Do you know what? Yeah, we cocked up. We could have done something better. We didn't, you know, and just cock up because one of the big things that people don't really like about WWE is the fact that it treats the fans as if they're idiots. Right, that's that's the way it is, you know, with the whole shoving Roman down our throats and you know, oh, the, the fans will love this, they'll love this because they're so out of touch. One of the things that all elite wrestling's been getting, and you know, I'll, I'll dip in and in and out because there just seems to be loads of like new people coming on and and stuff like that. But one thing they've done is they've always tried to treat the audience as if they've actually got an ounce of intelligence. Just come out and say that. Just come out and say like you're all grown men here. We fucked up. We'll do better next time. If they'd have done that. Everybody would have forgotten, not forgotten about it, but it'd just been like, yeah, fair play. Let's crack on to the next storyline. Well, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think they, they should have owned it. But the way that it played out on last night's Dynamite, I don't know if, if either of you seen, you know, how, how they got around it, how they explained it. They basically explained that uh, Kenny Omega mocked it up. It was his fault. He, he messed up with the, oh, sorry, Moxley and, and Kingston. We're going on about how it was it was crap at building bombs. Kingston explained his actions, you know, for, for the, the cell by saying that it reminded him of you know the beatings he would get in jail and the, the mental health aspect of it and the anxiety of it, and he passed out from it, you know, from seeing his friend and so much terror. And to an extent, you've got to admire that, you know, sort of normalizing the mental health aspect of it, you know, that every that nobody's too strong to to suffer from mental health, which you know was a good way about it. And then later on in the evening. 
Kingston went out. Uh, he confronted Don Callis, Kenny Omega, and the Good Brothers uh, to stick up for his mate. Uh, and then Don Callis was like, no, we deliberately made it shite. <laughs> we made it shite on purpose because we knew that it would embarrass you. And then and one of the weirdest things you'll probably see in wrestling, something that Jim Cornette is going to have a field day with, Kenny Omega lies on his back and shouts at Kingston while Don Callis is above him, 69 made on! <laughs> and then Don Callis jumps on top of him like that. Just absolute bonkers shit. Uh, and then Moxley came in and, and things out. But the problem they have now is how do they actually write John Moxley off? Because obviously the, the purpose of the death match was to write him off so he could go and be a dad. How, how do you think they are eventually going to get rid of him? Just you were saying there, just just before we hit the high to give it out, John, they shouldn't have the way they handled it on Twitter, stupid. Should it, as you say, in this day and age, with us knowing so much and having privy to all this access about wrestling, of course we're gonna call everything out. You know, like it's it's not like when all of us three were you had to wait to Saturday to see who attacked Austin or you had to read the magazine to find out what Lesnar thinks of that's gone. It's gone, it's dead, and they should have just come out and said are bad, you know, that's made light of it, but what they're going to have to do to get rid of John, uh, I think Kenny's just going to have to go extreme and go as far as like, do something like Austin, so beyond beat him up, just make it look like you've crippled the poor man, go out, put, put him through a barbed wire fence, pretend to set him on fire, run him over with a car, do something that is worthy of going, yeah, he's not going to be back in, in a month or two, he's gone for a while and redeem yourself from like I've seen food go off in better style than those pyros did. So I have <laughs> like you're now gonna have to prove to us, Kenny, that you're he just comes across as a Mattel toy wrestler. He wants to do so all the things that, that we think are cool. Our ideas are shit. We want people to tell <laughs> us what we want to see in a wrestling program. Like when Lesnar and Edge and Big Show Suplex broke the ring. First time oh. in my life I'd ever seen the ring take a bump. Oh. So I did and it was class. And then, like, why can they not do that? Why can they not suspend our disbelief for just when, when's, when's When's Moxley, when's the baby due for Moxley? Man, I don't know. I've not listened to, to Renny's uh, podcast for the for the wee while, so... I have a notion oh. it's within the next couple of weeks, lads. Oh, it depends on, it depends on how... You know, can you say about go all out and make sure that they do something? They can do something where... The whole thing with Moxley's character when he joined the AEW was the, the breaking out of jail or the breaking out of the mental asylum and all that sort of mm -hmm. stuff. You could be spending the next few weeks absolutely mentally torturing the guy on, on being the elite. You could be doing it. You could be... And it could set up the whole... It could set up his return as well because it doesn't have to be like a... You know, something happens, whether he gets, you know, trapped in something and they fill the... He gets trapped in a... I don't know. He gets trapped in a padded cell is the end of it. He's trapped in a padded cell and the padded cell's getting concrete put through uh, put through the fucking hole in the door, whatever, and then it cuts away and everybody's like, oh my god, what the fuck's happened to John Moxley? And then it becomes this big who's done it and they can they can build up to that and yeah. when he comes back, he, he's got a ready-made storyline and they can go about basically avenging, a bit, a bit of taking, you know, going about, I don't know who it was, but I will find you, and he systematically destroys the locker room on his way back to the top. And as he gets to the top, there's fucking Rikishi standing there going, I did it for Omega. And that's it. Yeah, booking. Twist the man further, wind him up further than what he's already wound up. As you said, see that visual, him sitting holding himself in a straitjacket in a cell, as you said, water, concrete, and then just cut away and leave us all going, 
and then Kingston going around backstage, oh, who who done this? Who's been man? It'd be class because mental health is a big part of everything. And mm-hmm. so it should be. And especially wrestling, you're going to get to a lot of people with going, this is not, as you say, a bit of physical, a bit of fighting, bung them into the cell with a bit of rowdiness. But yeah, twist everybody's mind completely. Yeah. Be I, I'd be fully on board with that. Those storylines sound like they would be the honesty in terms of writing off John Moxley. But another storyline that they laid out for this last night on AEW Dynamite for Kenny Omega is what the next uh, headline is all about. And that headline, friends, is can find it all hail the Christian Fellowship AEW's Hall of Fame worthy signing turned out to be Captain Charisma Christian Cage promising outwork everyone will his comeback be suited to the all elite style of wrestling? Uh, I'm gonna jump in first, Diamond, if you don't mind. Uh, first of all, what people are really gonna have to get rid of about Christian Cage is get rid of that. Oh, Vince never saw anything in him. Who cares? The man is a former world and NWA world heavyweight champion. He proved in TNA. He's he's done more and more promotions than Edge has. No rib on Edge. Love them at both my childhood tag team. But Christian will suit very well in AEW, in my opinion, because one, he doesn't have to go the speed of light anymore because mm. he has all the years of upstairs training and he has all the, he knows how to put himself over. He's worked with Sting before, Jericho, Show. So he knows the type of people he can can and can't work with but Christian's unreal and he's proven that when he's putting a new company with people he maybe doesn't know say Hangman for example we don't know if they've yeah. ever met each other he can put other people over and I think he's going to do I think, I think they've got plans for him and I hope he gets that big spectacular run that he deserves well I mean we are kind of looking at you know a potential Christian Cage as AEW world champion and Edge as uh, WWE champion or Blast. universal champion whatever it is uh, over the next couple of months as well. And, you know, just, you know, what, five, four or five weeks ago, we were all like, we were going to see Edge and Christian going at it for the same title or we're going to see them going after tag titles again. But now that's been completely blown out of the water. Uh, my, my fear is that, I know that you said about, you know, Christian, he's able to slow things down, he's intelligent, that kind of thing. But they're thrusting them straight into this Kenny Omega feud by the look of it from what was going on last night. And I just think, you know, we... We're used to seeing Kenny 100 miles an hour all the time. Yeah. Do you think he's capable of having a Christian match? I, th- I think Christian's capable of dragging him through a Christian match. I like Look look at Christian. The man's not out of shape by any means of the stretch of the imagination. He looks like he's ready to go. But Christian never moved at, you know, Omega, Phoenix, boom, for flying. He, oh, he was fast, but he just wasn't that what we would consider... But I think he'll be smart enough to know what he can and can't get away with. And he is the veteran. Get into it. So I he'll look after he look after him, Megan. So he will. When I when I when I when I read about the fact that he was the big signing, right? I thought he's signing the way he did it was class, right? Just in the ring, sign the contract, walk out. That was that was brilliant because sometimes in this this whole thing, less is more. I thought, right, that's good. Let's let's see what they're going at. And that was my thing about thinking, right, he's a, he's a slower worker. For me, the perfect start should have been Orange Cassidy. Two slow yeah. guys, not methodical. Yeah. There could have been a lot of fun there, comedy characters, but Orange Cassidy shown with the Jericho stuff that he can he can be really good and he can be that that big thing. And it's another star that he could have feuded with because they've got long term booking in AEW. They've got a star he could have feuded with and, and he could have got him over even more. And and even even 
but the looks of things he's going to this top program with uh, Omega. And for me, I don't see what all the fuss is about Omega. Yeah, I might be, I might be wrong, but for me, it, it's just not something that gets me excited. All I'm thinking about when I seen he was in that program with Omega, I was thinking about what we're not getting with Christian in WWE, right? Mm. And if we if you look at what we're missing out on rather than what we're going to get, Christian v Daniel Bryan, that would have been incredible. Christian and Edge reuniting for one last run, one last hurrah against the fucking New Day. Can you imagine the five-second pose versus videos, like the promos that they've been going across <laughs> those two? I was watching some old-school Edge and Christian videos, and they're very, very funny. Could you yeah. imagine how that would have played out with them two, them two teams going after each other? You could have had Xavier Woods with his trombone, and then Christian's like, you're not the first musical person and you won't be the last, but I was the pioneer and they bring out the kazoos. kazoos. It, it just <laughs> it, it writes itself and that's just something that we've missed out on. And I, I, I don't know why WWE, uh, WWE didn't push the boat out to sign them back, but I just can't help but think about those missed opportunities. I really, really can't. And I think, like I said, even Christian versus Daniel Bryan, what a programme that would have been. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's, the, you know, Daniel Bryan and Christian, two guys that have suffered you know, through concussions and stuff. And that's my big fear, putting Christian in a feud straight off the bat with a man whose matches are 90% kneeing you in the head, kicking you yeah. in the head. You know what I mean? That that's that was my big fear when I saw that last night. But the two years are absolutely right. Although we may be missing out on a lot of good stuff, potentially in WWE, there's plenty of guys in AEW that he's worked with before. He'll know the way of the land through Jericho, Big Show, Sting. Even, you know, I'm sure... He's had these dalliances with the likes of uh, Tully Blanchard and older guys uh, in the past as well. So you know that. We've, we've seen all that, and that that'd be good for the nostalgia piece. But you just want something new. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd, like I said, I'd have, I'd have probably if I'd have woke up and I'd have read the results today, and they'd say that Christian and Orange Cassidy had thrown themselves into a feud. I'd have watched the videos straight away. You know the recaps. Yeah. Like I watched something the other week there about um, on Reddit, and it was. Um, the crowd going wild for um, the clip of Orange Cassidy versus Pac Neville. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the where they're kicking each other like that shouldn't be over, but it is, and that's the kind of like way we are at the moment. We love we love daft stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We love daft stuff. We love stuff that's a, a bit funny, and I just I don't know the the Omega versus Christian thing. I just you know you mentioned their big show, you mentioned Jericho. We see, we've seen that all before, you know, Christian versus MJF. Now that could be. That could that be. That could be. It could be, and again, I don't know, you know, how much you've seen about what happened in Dynamite last night, but the direction that MGF's now going in, uh, where FTR, ah, Tully Blanchard, Wardlow, Sean Spears, well, Spears can get to fuck really, uh, but the rest of them, <laughs> uh, I, I think it's a great bit of booking because they needed to get MGF away from Jericho because then they can pull them apart and push them together for an even better match than they had uh, a couple of months ago. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I'm maybe not as overjoyed at seeing Christian joining All Elite as I was when I saw him back at the Rumble, but I think it's still a very, very interesting uh, time for him to see what he can do over in Jacksonville. Now, uh, it's time for that break just now, and I really was hoping Billy had, would be on with us at this moment in time because it's a wee advert for his uh, network here. Uh, so I'll just go through it anyway. So he said he would be on with me tonight, but here we go. So... If you enjoy the dulcet tones of my fat Glaswegian tongue getting to grips with the graps from over here in Northern Ireland, then you'll love the sound of other Sassanacs saying stuff about the wrestling on the Scottish Wrestling Network. 
As well as hitting the headlines, SWN is the home of Scottish wrestling podcasts, including the Sharp Dojo series with Lou King Sharp, Grado and Rab Florence's Wrestling Daft, and the all-new podcast quiz show Wrestle Tag Burry. And with the eponymous SWN podcast, the network boss Billy talks to the brightest and best of the up-and-coming Scottish talent, just like I do with our Northern Irish counterparts right here every week on Hitting the Headlines. So, if you enjoy the sound of pasty white Scotsmen getting really angry at each other, forget Clyde One Super Scoreboard and sign up to the Scottish Wrestling Network. <laughs> so, Love it. So, yep, hopefully that puts me in Billy's good books. As he's in my, my bad ones now because he was supposed to be on with us, but... But there we go. Anyway, we will crack on to the final headline of this evening, uh, which is, funnily enough, to do with Scottish wrestling. And that headline is, Glasgow goes in chain with Insane Championship Wrestling barred an all-cage match event on the WWE Network in the next few weeks. Do you guys think that gimmick shows and matches like this work as well when there's no crowd to be watching them? Uh, depend depends on the gimmick match. So the, the first time I seen an all-cage pay-per-view was Lethal Lockdown, TNA, mm-hmm. I believe, done the, the six sides of steel for everything. Uh, I've started watching, because it's on the network now, ICW and stuff, because it's it's there and it's class now, because sometimes you like you can only watch so much retro Raw and SmackDown. And yeah. I'm like, I'm loving seeing people that are closer to home. So they're all like Scottish people, you know, all people from across the UK and stuff I got there. But I don't, not to take none away from them, I don't think the steel, I think the steel cage loses its attraction if it's no one there. Because we make the match in our heads. When we see Elimination Chamber and you have visions of RVD doing the frog splash and Taker chokeslam and MVP, it's our heads that get us excited about the match. With no crowd, it's very, very hard to get a gimmick match, to get that type of gimmick match over with. So I think it'll be great in ring it just won't translate as well across us. Those those kind of gimmick matches, totally agree with that. Like, you know, the, the wrestlers will feed off to an extent, like, because, you know, they're, they're showmen, aren't they, right? So you're going to you're gonna go in and you're going you're gonna to have your set, like, you're going to have what you're going to do and it's going to be planned out to an extent. But the crowd might buzz off of one particular spot and then, you know, the headlock and it's like, look, listen, I know we weren't going to do this, but just off the back of that, if we do this, we'll get real good heat or we'll get a good pop or whatever. And I think that with these gimmick matches, they can't work well without the crowd. Completely agree with that. But one way they could work, could work, would be rather than having this live network special. Is, is it a live special? I no, seen it, it, I seen it get shared on Dallas' story. It was all pre-taped, I think, about a month ago because they did like a big block of the ICW tapings then. Right. So if it's all pre-taped and stuff like that, if it was more of a cinematic match, like the way your money bank, money in the yeah. bank was, yeah. If it was they kind of gimmicks, like the whole fighting in the fighting in the gym, fighting in Mister McMahon's personal gym, fighting in Mister McMahon's office, and then getting a telling off, and all those little things make up for the lack of crowd because you got this behind the scenes access to WWE that you didn't see before. So unless they've got something where it's like um, they filled that block and then they've, they've they've cinematically produced some of the match then, you know, be interested to see it. I love watching the old ICW stuff when it comes up on Facebook, and some of the stuff that I've seen is is, is mental, and I want, to go, I want to go see it properly, especially after that, when we went to the asylum, Chris. Yeah. Uh, when we went to the asylum, um, Kirk, um, we... Uh, so like, it's two weeks long, mate, it's fine. <laughs> we, we, I don't want to peel back behind the curtain too much, you know what I mean? <laughs> can't, can't even let people know what's going on. But yeah. when we went to the asylum, 
and I started watching a lot more of it and looking out for more sort of local shows because they were just just sound lads and I've watched some of the stuff that they've done in the past like Rhino brawling in the streets with Drew McIntyre that would look good in, in a cinematic match but it looked even better when the crowd was there so mm-hmm. you know both both things would be good but it just depends mm-hmm. on how they went if there's no crowd you need to go cinematic you can't just go straight up yeah. in the round yeah, when yeah. you have a five minute cage match the bonus part well, yeah. you can't land you can't land in and just just start firing off standard cage match stuff that's as you're 100 right. uh correct come in and, and give it that uh, i don't know if you know see the rumble they had this class camera angle from if me if we're looking up the entrance ramp on the left and as they were coming in it just pans past but it does this lovely slow motion john martin thing very cinematic looking for the rumble entrance because usually it's just legging it down the ramp as fast as you can sliding in and doing your bit it looks cinematic it looked class and i mean yeah, yeah if you're going to do a cage match give me an entertain uh give me a film inside a cage give well, a I mean, wrestling match that i think that's what they could do and would It'd be good to see if they, if they have been able to do that. I mean, you mentioned there, uh, Craig, about being in the asylum. That's where they have been filming all the ICW shows for the network. It has been filmed in there. So you know how tight that place is. You know how, how small it is. And like, it baffles me that they're even able to get a cage up in it, you know, from, from thinking about how, how low the roof is in it. But, but I think with, with that kind of claustrophobicness, was that the right word? I don't know. But that, that kind of tightness, that, that shortness of space, that could play well into it because it will make you feel as if you are actually in the cage with the wrestlers. But it's it, the, the whole event, it's four back-to-back cage matches in a row with no crowd. My worry is, you know, for, you might get a, an adrenaline-filled first match, but how do the next three top that? You know, because, you know, yeah. Eli, you know how... <laughs> You know, when we're doing shows and stuff, you know, there's a there's a certain build to a full event. You know, you don't give everything away in the first match. You build up to oh, the, the the main event. I just don't know how having four on that one card is going to work out. But I'm excited to see it. I'll, I'll definitely be watching it because yeah, I'll probably I'll probably give it a probably give it a spin myself just to, just to see what all this sort of fuss is about. Like, but it's like you said, there's only so much you can do in a cage match. There's only so much you can do in that tight space. And uh, if anybody's on the microphone, I feel sorry for them in there because they just know that I cut the most Hall of Fame-worthy uh, Scottish <laughs> wrestling promo in that ring. So nobody will top that. It, it, was, it was a stellar promo, although I think for me on the day, and again, sorry to exclude you for this chat, Eli, uh, the, basically we were there as part of a stag do for, for my cousin, Barry. That's him there. Uh, we went for Barry Mania at the, the GPWA uh, and everybody got to, like, take part in some drills, uh, some like learning the basics kind of thing, and then we had to cut promos in each other. So Craig did a fantastic job, you know, scathing, scathing promo uh, in the ring in front of Jack Jester, Red Lightning and Mark Dallas. But for me, and again, bit of an in-joke based around my, my cousin's relationship no, with his own dad, one of, the, one of the lads just came out to the ring looking solemn, with his entrance music as Dance With My Father by Luther Vandross. And <laughs> uh, it just it just hit, hit every note perfect. It was it was superb. It was a great day, absolute great day. Uh, and I just wish I knew more guys that were ready to get married so we could do that as a stag do again, just to, just to get out of there. So if you're listening, Claire McGee, uh, Eli might have a question for you at some point. <laughs> or not, the silence, the silence definitely in there. Silence is deafening. 
But yeah, I think it's that... Oh, I, I, I've plans, Chris. I have oh. plans. Good to hear it. Good curtain, to hear that. Fucking curtain. Uh, but yeah, I've enjoyed ACW. They don't involve hard. <laughs> well, yeah, it'd have to. It'd be weird if I proposed to myself. Uh, well, I probably would. I'm not big of an ego. So, you know. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've been enjoying ACW since they came on the network. Because obviously, following yourself on the socials, uh, you were retweeting stuff from ACW and putting up clips. And I was like, oh, I'll check it out. It's classic. So I, I'm looking forward to it, but I just want to know how they're going to film it. That's what I want to know. My, my favourite, my favourite, sorry to go a wee bit off topic, but see, my favourite ICW moment was the whole Drew, Drew Galloway versus uh, Grado. See when, they, see when they had the riot in Box. The yeah. Box is a really, really small, small, small bar. Would you, would you classify it as a nightclub, but it's a small bar? For, for reference, Eli, I... The the main bar is probably as big as the Yard. It's a that's, tiny, that's, tiny wee pub. That is tiny. And and, and half and half of that's it. a stage. Half of that's a stage I, for the bands that play on it. Stage along the back, and then you get the bar down there, and then there's the tiniest of walkways to fucking. It's a room. Do, it's a room with know. a bar and a stage in it. Wouldn't they, wouldn't they survive yeah. in COVID times? Wouldn't they survive in COVID times? You do social distancing, <laughs> there'd be one person at the bar, and the rest would be outside. Yeah, it's <laughs> But if you watch that, if you watch that whole feud back, see the build up to it, and then when they have the brawl, I think is it? Is it I think um, Galloway's sitting asking questions, and then him and him and Grado just can go at it, and he, he smashes a glass over his head. It, the whole place was it was mental. The whole thing was mental, but unbelievable, like just passion, kind of passion that you don't get to Hi see. Guys. Sorry, uh, Billy. I can't hear you, mate. No, sorry, sorry, lads, sorry. He's eyeing you. Yes, it seems like it. Like, he was phoning there, but it's just, I'll just need to let it go to voicemail, whatever. Yeah. But sorry, sorry, you were saying there. Just saying ICW's fucking class. That is, I am in agreement with that. And that, that kind of leading on to what Rand what finally is going to be there, Craig. Uh, Obviously, you know, the the GPWA, it's set up in, in Denston Townhead, near where we used to live. Do you reckon that, you know, 15 years ago when we were living in Fur Park Terrace, you know, five minutes away from it, do you reckon if we'd been, been savvy and if it had been there, we, we would have we had a shot at it? 100%. I was genuinely... So we see, see after last week and we were talking about the next day, me and you and... And I, I remember I thought I'll look back through my hard drives and see if I can find the scripts and stuff like that. And then couldn't find them on the hard drives because they were they were corrupted for some reason. <laughs> um, but I looked back through my emails and when when I was looking at it, right, all I could think about was this is something that see with the way that the BBC Scotland is just now, this is something it's that we, it was stood a chance, and it's something that's right up the street of Grado. And I was actually thinking of just absolutely bombarding Grado to see if we would. Have a look at the fucking. Have a look at the original idea and see if we can get it off the ground. But I don't well, know whether it's before, before, before we get into it, before we get into it, I'll do do the, the, the whole stick. So, and finally, because you know that's that's what I say these days. And finally, with it recently being the anniversary of Five Star Wrestling folder folding after some horrendous TV shows across the UK, what would be the best way to bring Northern Irish or UK or Scottish wrestling back to prime time council telly? and make it stick. Now, the reason that I brought that up, obviously I was watching the five-star stuff uh, that was going up online. I talked to Rocky Star about it. 
uh, before he went in a cream puff the other week there as well. But it was, you know, it was done about the same time as World of Sport as well, where it was making its comeback. And it was a way that they were going to try and get wrestling back in the prime time on television. But it was just failed from the start. They were booking out, you know, 20,000 seat of arenas and getting 400 people through the door, all that sort of stuff. And ultimately it failed. And that reminded me of back in 2010 when myself and the Diamond here, uh, we started writing a script called Falls Count Anywhere. So I'll let you, Craig, I'll let you go into depth about what it was going to be about. And Eli, you can tell us if you think this would be a good setup for a, a sitcom about wrestling. Yeah. To be honest, we were just going to follow the follow the follow the fortunes of a, of a lad trying to sort of make it big in the world of uh, in world of wrestling, right? And we know obviously no insight into how it was, but it was going to basically consume every aspect of his life. So, you know, it was going to take over and he was going to find himself in all sorts of situations, you know, with his, with his flatmates, with his mates, with random members of the public. And it just left it so sort of open to follow this one guy on his rise to being like, you know, wrestling superstar. You know, when we read it back now, I look back at some of the stuff there and I thought to myself, it wouldn't fly in 2020. 21, sorry, it wouldn't fly. But back then, it would have, it would have flown, and it would have flown decent, you know. You know, I think that, uh, I don't it know if you going to It was very much of its time. You know, I'd, I'd forgotten a lot of the stuff that we'd, we'd written for it. Uh, but reading back the scripts today, uh, looking at it with 2021 eyes, uh, it's, it's dubious as to whether we could get away with something. I still think the premise of it, so basically... As, as Craig was alluding to there, the premise was it was going to be about three guys uh, who inadvertently get involved in the world of wrestling in Glasgow. Uh, and, you know, it's all about, you know, how they get into it, how they, they start to make waves in the in the local scene kind of thing. Similar to myself and you, Eli. And I think looking at it now with my experiences and with experiences of guys like yourself and Jack Ridder and, and all the other guys at training, I think I could probably round it out and make it into something. But my question to you, Eli, would be if you were to cast a sitcom based around Northern Irish wrestling, or Irish wrestling in general, taking out all the bad guys, obviously, like the bad guys, uh, who would be who would be your top picks to join the cast? I, I love a good I love a good journey story. I love the like those documentaries you see where it's like Takers one, for example, him getting back the, the whole I love the journey aspect. I'm all on board with that. Uh I like the fact that you give it the common person, it's just a guy, it's not like us trying to make our way in what we're doing. Uh, if I would cast out of all the ones we know, probably Craig might not know the lads, if you're gonna do for the journey story, I'd cast Jack Ritter as the old man that would have, should have, could have. And yeah. why didn't he? So he, he's going back thinking, well, I'm this age now. Why didn't I start? Not forgetting that DDP didn't start when he was 35. Uh, I like it. I really like the idea. I would love to see, I would love to see how he thinks and what, but would you just write the guy as someone who, like us knows about wrestling that one knows more than we did back 10 years ago? Well, the premise, the, the premise was there was one guy that was really into the wrestling. They all, they all shared the flat. So it's, it's kind of autobiographical, but me, Craig, and our friend Alistair Morton, um, <laughs> we, we, we shared the flat, right? So it's based on three guys that share the flat. One of them is hardcore into the wrestling. One of them is kind of on the periphery. And there's a one guy that, that takes nothing to do with it at all. It just kind of patches in because the other two do. So 
you know, that, that was going to develop into, into all sorts of things and stuff. Uh, so you would have Jack Ritter uh, and yours as the man. That, I, love the, I love the looking, the looking back cut out on this. I'd have picked uh, Catchman Mills because what you've described to me is all of us, but he is, he loves it and he's such a wholesome guy. You, you know, no one cries, his name's Alan. Uh, he goes to Catchman Mills. He's like the sweetest guy ever and he's the guy that you would, we'd all want to yeah. be that guy because we'd be like, you just, you don't know, bad bonus body. And for me, anyway, well, he got me a click a week later on here. Uh, but again, that was yeah, good. but we we'll, we'll edit him out. We'll get him in post. Don't worry, he's fine. <laughs> uh, he comes across as the genuine. He loves it, and he has that childlike love of it. And we all want to see him get to the point where he's a he's a wrestler and he's got all the shows and stuff. He's one of them. I put him in as my main man. His main man. I uh, and and who would be your third? Who would be your third man for the for the scene? Uh, the patch guy. I would have, uh, oh, that's a good question because the old ones we train with were all dedicated as, as, as fuck to it. Uh, I'm going to put in me. So I am. That's one, I'm a, da- yeah, I'm a damn good actor. So I am. <laughs> Got a supporting cast this big. Uh, Craig, you could, you, could be, you could be the Mickey to the Rocky of the whole situation. You could be the, the diamond. The shines come off the diamond, it has to come back, and he's going to do it precariously through this guy. <laughs> I think also, as well, you know, the, the, those are solid uh, cast suggestions there. But if you're doing something that's going to encapsulate Northern Irish, Irish wrestling as well, you can't not have Justy. Can't not have Justy. Can't not have Luther. They, they two have got to be in there. Ton, GDP, you know, that always sunny in Philadelphia stuff they were doing in college, you know, that yeah. needs to, that would translate brilliantly right. uh, to a sitcom. We need to get on to Netflix, lads. There's a there's definitely a six part Netflix special in this, like definitely is. There's, there's a market for it. Just with the way that everything goes, the style you'd have to do it. It would have to be like mockumentary, you know, like The Office style. Yeah, to build yeah. the characters. That's how you're going to do it. You know, show the show the, the personalities. Have it. It's all predetermined anyway. You could have it a little bit, a little bit of sitcomy, bit of mockumentary, and then it builds to the the actual matches and you know yeah. the backstage skits are, are are mockumentary style. That that would that would get everybody interested. So we have hit the headlines. We've done a rant there. We've had a rant finally. And now it's the time that Craig DL, Diamond Craig DL and the Huntsman Life Fox have been waiting seven days for to finally settle the quiz from last week. Now, I went back. I did a wee bit of VAR stuff. I went back and looked. And I can see where Diamond's coming from on it. But with the boogeyman question, with the boogeyman question, DL answered before I had indicated which of the three men I was going to ask. So you jumped the gun there. And I know it's the Sasha Banks yeah, one. I know, it's the, I know that it's the... Oh, shit. I've got a, got a voice note for Billy here. Uh, oh, that's nice of him to chime in. Okay, I'll, just, I'll, I'll play it out. So, yeah. Uh, let's see his excuse. Standing us up on a Thursday night. On a Thursday. And here it is. Hey Kurt, um, sorry oh, I can't actually come on the show tonight because I just I'm I'm busy with my own podcast, uh, the SWM podcast that everyone can check out. I just wanted to, to give you a quick message though, just to apologise. I, I also want to bring up a couple of things. Um, you did promise me big ratings when we were adding hitting the headlines to to our podcast feed and. You promised me names like uh, Chris Jericho, Balor, Alexa Bliss, for example. Uh, 
but in reality, you've you've given me like this huntsman guy, uh, some dude from Airdrie that's not even a wrestler. Uh, it's got a point. You it's know, point. I mean, last week's episode, which which I listened to, uh, one of the few, was just a car crash. It had a, had a child in the background. I mean, this is this is supposed to be a professional podcast. I'm I'm expecting for for the SWM podcast feed. And then, when you do get decent talent on, you you just end up just ripping the piss out of them, uh, or just actually just making an arse of yourself at the same time. It's it's just not good enough. I'm not thinking it's good enough for for my brand, and uh, to be honest, you make a fool of yourself. So let let me do this. Let, let's say this. And finally, uh, after reviewing the listening figures, I would give you an ultimatum. Get me 300 listens by, let's say, night two of WrestleMania, or in the mortal world, words of Vince McMahon himself, you're fired. Love you, bye. Oh, oh. Well, now, not, not, not to reiterate the point, but that's the worst. Is he from Scotland? Yes, he is. He fooled me. Uh, that is the worst accent I've possibly have to endure in my 32 years on this earth. He sounds like he's trying to kiss a baked potato while talking to you. He mentions big names. Hey, that's uh, the boss, man. That's the boss. Did you hear him? Good. He mentions him, big right? names. He should understand that if he had the ability to read, like most bosses do, he'd see my name on Twitter and he'd know fine rightly, I am a name. I am the name. And he wants listeners. Well, listen, out. what was his name again? Sorry, Kirk. Uh, Billy. Billy. It does remind me of when the Lord looked down and little Billy shit himself. I had Lev the Rocks promo there. Billy, you stick to voicemails, not the shows. That's for the stars. That, 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 the, the views of Eli Fox, the Huntsman, are his and not those of hidden headlines. Fuck, I mean, it, sounds, it sounds like you're going to be out of a job soon anyway. Mate, what are you, what are you worried about? Not being associated with that for if, if if he's fucking pulling that one. All right, maybe maybe I'm not a wrestler, right? So I don't run around a ring. I don't don't throw clotheslines here, left, right, and centre, right. But one thing I will do is fucking swift left hook to his jaw, and that'll be it. Over and done with. Right, Cam, I'm enjoying being on the Scottish Wrestling Network. All right, I'm enjoying getting about ten listens a week off off them. But three hundred, three hundred. I think. Just going back to his accent, right? He, sound, he sounded like your man Barry Glendenning off the talk spot, the Irish fella. You know what I mean? He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> Craig, even know where he's you, from. He's Craig, happy to be on the Scottish network, but he's pretending to be Irish to fit in with you lot. Craig, you, I was going to say, Craig, you can swing as much as you want. You'll still be a loser like last week. <laughs> wow. Right, right. Hey, well, well thanks, to, thanks to Billy for, for, for the attempting to come on. Right, we need to get this laptop. So... I know you guys are eager to find out how you're going to settle last week's differences. Uh, again, also, before there was interrupted there, Sasha Banks, Eli Fox, you did cheat. You did cheat, but... 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 20 I got keeps. it wrong. I got it wrong. As the, as the referee, I got it wrong because I, John O'Maguire was closer than the Perrys. It went, it went I, over, but it was closer than the Perrys. So, oh. so that that's on me. That's on me. So to make it up to you, I, we've got, I'm I'm gonna 
like he's in on a little secret, a little almanac that I like to call the WWE encyclopedia. Just announce me as the reigning, defending, undisputed quiz champion. I, 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 I never cheated in my life. Especially well, not on a podcast where it's a title that I have to win. Never. Right. Well, to put this to bed once and for all, I am going to give you some clues to a WWF wrestler, WWE wrestler, from as long ago as this book goes. So, uh, just sorry, and just make sure, Kirk. At, at this point, my, my good man, my excellent host, charming host, good smelling, excellently grinned host, uh, you said we're justified to jump into the, the, the question segment. Yes. One question, right. one question only. Right, well, just one question. In fact, in fact, it'll be more than that. It'll be more than that. It'll be, it'll be one question with wee questions inside it. No problem. Listen, sorry, just pardon me for one moment. There appears to be someone at my door. It's probably to get my custom-made Titan the Craig. Never one. Be back in one second. Oh, hey. Hey, here's your time. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Hey, hey, you stupid bum. Stop attacking me. Ow, ow, ow. ow. Now, I didn't attack Eli Fox not to come on this podcast. So get reading. Is that? El Generico. No, it, it's, yeah. it, it looks like El Generico, but it sounds more like uh, your boy off Give Me Headpiece. Uh, yeah. uh, right, so my, my daughter has put on my little pony bookmark in here in the, the WWE Encyclopedia. Uh, I am going to read out the height, the weight, the place the wrestler was from, uh, and the titles that they've won. Okay, so I'm going to give the height, and then I want a guess from each of you on the height as to who it could be. Then I'll give the weight. Then I want a guess from you, and then I'll go through everything until we get to their signature move. At which point, whoever says the wrestler's name first will win. Okay, so this male wrestler has a height of six foot one. Diamond Craig DL, who do you think is six foot one? John Cena. Incorrect. Eli Fox Generico. Generico says Randy Orton. Incorrect. Weight at time of publication, 212 pounds or 15 and a bit stone, if you want to pass it that way. El Generico, you go first. Eli Generico. Ain't thinking. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say it has to be Billy Kidman. Billy Kidman, incorrect. Diamond Craig DL. Dean Malenko. Incorrect. This should narrow it down a wee bit for you. This wrestler is from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Craig DL. Mine's drawn a blank. Adam Cole. 6-1? Kidding. Eli. Bret Hurt. Famously from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> right. Titles that the this man has won in Ascending Order. Light heavyweight WWE Championship. Lance Storm. Right, you're first. Lance Storm. 
Incorrect. Big deal. Like heavyweight champion. It's one of seven titles that I held while in the WWE, WWF. Owen Hart. Incorrect. I'll give you the next two to speed things up. Hardcore champion and tag team champion. Yeah, will you go first this time? Uh, mine's drawn a proper blank try to think of like uh, Canadians uh, Bob Holly. incorrect Eli Fox Crash Holly. Crash Holly. incorrect uh, I'll give you the next three titles that he's held European Championship Intercontinental Championship ECW Championship. Eli Fox, your first year. Crap. Uh... Tajiri. Tajiri, <laughs> the, the famous six foot one uh, Canadian Tajiri. Right, the final championship listed here is WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Eli, you go first in this one. So just to, just to recap, he's six foot one, 212 pounds, hailing from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I like having a text last time. Oh, sorry, on you go, Dale. Christian. It is Christian. This is where his theme tune would be playing. Craig DL, congratulations. You are no, no, now no, the champion Chris. of the quiz. Here's, here's my five second pose. I, I didn't come on this show and hijack Eli Fox to lose. I'm leaving, and that, I've had enough of this entire situation. And on that bombshell, congratulations, Diamond Craig DL. Chris, sorry, Chris, before you, before you end the podcast, okay. I was attacked when I was getting ready to answer that, because I had said, Christian, how you could hear it in the background. Surely, if it's not Eli Fox defending the title, it's not a title opportunity. Look. You that's, got away with it. You got away with it last week, Eli. You got away with it twice. Chris. I'm going to give lose. you. I'm going to give you my best Tommy McNulty impression. No, no, you're no, no. Out of here. no. You're out of here, Chris. You, all of you are charlatans. Every one is. Justice has just been served, and now <clears throat> the reigning, defending, and undisputed, hitting the headlines champion. Diamond Craig DL. Well done. Can we get that VAR TV thing on the go? <laughs> just, just to see the nick of your hair at the end of it. But anyway, guys, thank you for taking part in this week's Hitting the Headlines. I've got a task in my hands getting 300 listens by WrestleMania. But I'll be back next week hoping to drive that up. Guys, you're the, the first ones to try and drive that up. So get sharing on your socials. I've been Kurt Cooper. You guys have been Hitting the Headlines with me. Cheers.